0: Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, hello, listener, and welcome to another episode here at Voice of the Church. Today, we'll be thinking about the topic of humility as we look at Philippians chapter 2, and so Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 says these words. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Well, I saw a funny meme the other day, which said this, you know what people don't talk enough about? Masks. I wish I knew everybody's opinion about them. But we live in a divided world, don't we? Just think about all of the hot issues of the day that can drive people apart. COVID-19 restrictions, the term black lives matter, mask wearing and political elections. We live in a day where anyone can easily publish their views online and we don't always do a good job of truly listening to other people. Humility is not a very popular virtue in our day. One church father by the name of St. Augustine was once asked to state the central principles of Christian living, and his answer was this, first, humility, second, humility, and third, humility. He also said, if you plan to build a tall house of virtues, you must first lay deep foundations of humility. And this is what we see here in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 is a fitting word for our day because it not only calls us to humble love, but shows us the life-giving example of that love in Jesus Christ. And as we continue to live in a divided and tribalistic world with many perspectives on various issues, we are prayers that as Christians we might develop an attitude of humility, no matter what our convictions might be. The first thing Paul shows us here is a plea for Christian love. This plea flows from his words in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, where he writes, Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. In the same vein here, Paul goes on to further show the implications of the gospel for God's people. The Christian experience of salvation should lead to holy living. What is true of a Christian believer? In verse 1, Paul says a Christian is vitally united to Jesus Christ. A Christian has come to intimately know the love of the Savior. A Christian enjoys true fellowship in the Spirit with other believers. A Christian has experienced the compassion and gentle care of Christ that he does not break a bruised reed or snuff out a smoldering wick. These glorious gospel indicatives fuel the imperatives or the commands of how we are to live. Paul is saying, since these believers enjoy such great privileges in the gospel, they are to show kindness and humble love to others. Paul says, complete my joy by doing this. Paul had brought to the Philippians, the gospel message, and now he wants them to show their maturity in Christ by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord. This is a call for unity in the body of Christ. This doesn't mean that every believer is to have the same opinion on everything, but they are to be united in God's word, united in loving one another, and united in promoting peace within the body of Christ. The problem for some of these believers in Philippi was that they were concerned for truth, but were not concerned about the other's well-being. Paul actually calls out two individuals in his letter in Philippians chapter 2. He says, I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Imagine being called out by the great apostle for your quarreling. But the truth is, we could all put our names here. You know what it is like to sometimes speak the truth, but not always in love. Especially online, we can forget that the person we are arguing with is made in the image of God. and is at times a brother and sister in Christ. Paul is saying to the church, if you have received comfort from your life-giving union with Christ and have experienced the love of Jesus towards you and rejoiced in the fellowship of the Spirit and have known Christ's compassion then you are to show your hearts thankful to Christ by loving your brothers and sisters in the church. Since this is true of you, Paul says, this conduct must necessarily follow. But in verse 3, Paul shows us two poisons that can eat away at Christian unity. First, he speaks of selfish ambition. That's the desire to be right or to be seen as right. Selfish ambition means we care more about our own reputation than other people. And this was true of some of Paul's opponents in Philippians 1. They were trying to jockey for power and promote their own agendas as pastors. They wanted to share the truth, but not for God's glory, but for their own glory. You remember the words of Jesus concerning the Pharisees who practiced their godliness to be seen by men? Jesus said they have the reward. Paul speaks not only of selfish ambition, but also of conceit. Conceit is thinking that we know it all already. We see this lack of humility today, which is expressed in the fact that we don't always listen well to each other, whether it be online or in church squabbles. We don't always follow James one nineteen, which says, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We don't always consider the other side because in our conceit, we think we know already what is right. What is at the root of selfish ambition and conceit? Well, the answer is pride. The answer is self-exaltation. One commentator by the name of Martin Luther said that the essence of sin is to be curved in on oneself. What is the antidote to these two poisons? The antidote to these sins is gospel humility as christians we know that we ought to be virtuous people but sometimes we tend towards those virtues that are valued in the world military power influence and status but paul here points us to the way of jesus which is the way of the cross paul says in verse 3 and 4 in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you not only look to his own interest But also to the interest of others. Well, what does this mean for us? It means that we are to genuinely value other people. We value who they are, their opinions, and their concerns. We think more about them and less about ourselves. In fact, we listen in such a way that we forget for a moment our own agendas our own opinions, our concerns, our feelings, and we take time to enter into what the other person is saying. Pastor Tim Keller puts it this way, the thing that we would remember from meeting a truly gospel humble person is how much they seem to be totally interested in us. Because the essence of gospel humility is not thinking less of myself, it is thinking of myself less. Do you know people who are just good listeners in your life? Who take genuine interest in others and who expect to learn something from other people? Dear listener, would those closest to you describe you in that way? We all need God's help in this. How can we grow in this kind of humility? It's hard not to walk in pride or in the the conceit of our own opinions or in our own preferences. It's hard to give that all up. How can we grow? Well, God says this mind is yours in Christ Jesus. And next time we'll consider how the gospel of grace can undo that curve of sin and lift our eyes to God and lift our hands out in the service of others. Until then, may God help us to prefer one another in love and to display an attitude of humble Christian love towards one another, both in the church and out towards our neighbor.